0: The Lord. We're going to go into the Word of the Lord for a time of study. I do want to say how happy I am to see Justin and Sasha Barnhart here. Could we give them a great big hand? We love them. And we're so glad that they're here tonight. And uh, it's good to be home. It's good to be here on a midweek Bible study night. Amen. Where we can look into the Word of the Lord. I want to uh, turn your attention to the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 9, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to read there. Now, we're going to go back to a series that I began uh, a uh, little while back, uh, earlier part of the summer, and we're going to close out the summer by closing out the series. Uh, we began it, and I wanted to complete it, but... This was a busy, busy, busy summer. How many had a busy summer this year? Busy summer. And I'm ready for a little Holy Ghost routine. Amen. But it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. And I want to continue the study that we began uh, toward the end of June. We're going we're to close it out here in the latter uh, part of August. The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. And so we're going to look at wisdom, or pardon me, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, and it simply says this, wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. And we began uh, to look at these seven pillars because they are referenced in the Word of the Lord, James chapter 3 and verse number 17. Uh, but before we get there, I'd like to begin reading at the 13th verse. Because the, the Word of the Lord asks us a question. Who is a wise man and who is endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, it's important to know that envying isn't just envying. Envying is bitter envying. We begin to envy because we are bitter. Envy comes from bitterness. We don't just look at somebody's stuff and think, I wish I had that. It it actually is a matter of us feeling like we have somehow been cheated or deprived and then we look at somebody's stuff and wish we had what they have. So it's, a, it's actually, an envy begins with bitterness. He said, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and is sensual and is devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now contrast that to the wisdom that is from above. Now we, we see what the is wisdom is that, that exists here on earth. And the Apostle Paul made it very clear that there is a difference between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of this world there is a anybody ever heard the term conventional wisdom well there is a there is a wisdom of this earth that that people subscribe to and paul taught us in the book of first corinthians that those who who trust in the wisdom of this earth look at the wisdom of god and think that the wisdom of god is foolishness and those who who trust in the wisdom of God, have learned that the wisdom of this earth is actually what is foolish. And so if you are a believer in the wisdom of this earth, you will look at the things of God and say, that that doesn't make any sense at all. I'll give you an example. The scripture says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now that doesn't make any sense to the wisdom of this earth. Because if I got $100 In my pocket and I give it to the Lord then I've lost $100 according to the wisdom of this earth but the wisdom of God actually is different the wisdom of God says no you're actually putting that $100 into a supernatural economy and that supernatural economy actually comes back to you with greater strength than what it Originated with uh, in, in leaving your hand, and so we have found it to be true. How many have ever found it to be true that when you give unto the Lord, and that's not just that's not just true of your finance, but that's true of your energy, and that's true of your love, and that's that's true of your devotion and and and, and, and your talent and volunteering yourself to the Lord. When you give unto the Lord, He commands the gift to come back to you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But, but in the wis- if you believe in the wisdom of this world, then it will, it will hold you in a bondage of thought to think that, no, I, I must hold on to what I have and, and not release it into the hands of God. So this is a wisdom that does not come from above. This is earthly wisdom. This is sensual wisdom. It's devilish wisdom. And where envying and strife is, Now, we're used to envy and we're used to strife. But the Bible says where envying and strife is, there is confusion and there is every evil, every evil work. You show me an evil work and I can point somewhere around it where envy and strife cause that evil work to emerge. And so so where there is envy, Envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. This is what the wisdom of this earth produces. But but the contrast is that the wisdom that descends from above is first pure, then is peaceable, then is gentle, and is easy to be entreated, it is full of mercy and full of good fruits. It is without partiality and without hypocrisy. And here we see the seven pillars of wisdom. Because remember, according to Proverbs 9 and 1, wisdom hath hewn out her seven pillars. First, pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. This is the fruit that comes from the wisdom that descends from above now now we understand when the bible talks about things that come from above it's talking about jesus because jesus is god who came from above hallelujah unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government shall be upon his shoulders His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Hallelujah. The Word in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word was made flesh. I want you to know that the wisdom of God is Jesus Christ. This is why the Bible teaches us in the book of 1 Corinthians... That that Christ is made unto us wisdom. Christ is made unto us redemption. Christ is made unto us righteousness and sanctification. So Jesus Christ is the manifest wisdom of God. If you want to know what the wisdom of God would act like, think like, and do, just take a good look at the life of Jesus Christ. it's why, why millions of people throughout... The ages have asked the question before they made an important decision. What would Jesus do? Because he is wisdom in flesh. He is wisdom in flesh. So he is the wisdom that comes from above. And that wisdom that comes from above is going to get in you. And that's how you're going to have wisdom. You think wisdom is just this this random Knowledge to to, to make good decisions somehow like one day you're just gonna wake up and stop making horrible decisions Because you become so wise and and you know you can learn Things the hard way you can go to the anybody ever been in and out of graduated magna cum laude from the school of hard knocks anybody ever done? I mean we turned our tassel and threw our hats in the air year after year after year And I I mean, it's like we can't stop graduating from the school of hard knocks. and, and, And yet the real wisdom that you're going to get will come from the Lord himself filling you with his spirit, washing you in his blood, giving you direction. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. He'll order the way that you talk. He'll order the way that you think. He'll order the way that you treat people. He'll order the way that you live your life. Hallelujah. Let him, let him direct you as to how to treat your spouse. Let Him direct you as to how to raise your children. Let Him direct you how to treat your employer or your co-workers. Let Him, let him direct you in all the decisions of your life. And the Bible says... That that if you'll commit your way unto the Lord, he shall bring it to pass. The Bible says that if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct your paths. You know the things I I love about, the thing I love about that, I'm just going to take this moment. That's Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. And it says this, trust in the Lord. With all your heart. That's number one. Do that. Number two, lean not to your own understanding. That's worldly wisdom. Don't lean on that. Thirdly, in all your ways acknowledge him. And then there's a promise that waits on you. He shall direct your paths. See, if you eliminate one of those things from the equation, then you don't arrive at he shall direct your paths. See, if you're, if you're going to try to lean not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him, but not trust in Him with all your heart, one plus one plus one equals three. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, plus lean not to your own understanding, plus in all your ways acknowledge Him, equals He shall direct your paths. It is a promise. Thank the Lord. And, I, and the one that gets the, the least amount of airtime is in all your ways acknowledge Him. We do talk more about trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. And, and we even tr- talk a lot about lean not to your own understanding. But, but the, 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 the principle that gets perhaps the least amount of airtime of the three is, is the, the principle of in all your ways acknowledge Him. And what that simply means is the ways are referring to paths. that you could potentially walk down so before you walk down a path look down the path and 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 make sure he's on it acknowledge oh there he is okay i'll go down this path i'm all right Before you walk into some kind of a new direction, you check that direction, match it up to Jesus, make sure that's the direction He would take and is taking and has taken, and and, and then acknowledge Him. And if you can't acknowledge Him in a particular path or down a particular road, don't walk down that road. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how good they look. Don't walk down that road. If he's not on it. Then don't walk down that road. And no flesh can glory in his presence. There are some places he won't be. He's not going to be in the middle of your sin. Welcoming you into it. Don't walk down that road. And and, and if you'll trust in him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. And so, so this is. The way that it works, God will give you wisdom. And we understand that that wisdom originates as God in flesh, Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says in James 3, 17, the wisdom that is from above. That's where Jesus came to us from. He came from above. Oh, hallelujah. He came from above. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. Before it's anything else, it has to be pure. You've got to have a right understanding of who Jesus is. If you really want wisdom to take hold in your life, then before anything else, embrace the purity of who Jesus is. He is not the second person. He is, not, he is not just a great teacher. He's not just a great philosopher from some ancient time gone by. He is the almighty God manifest in human flesh. He is the perfect high priest. He is the perfect lamb of God. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is worthy of the praise. It is by the Shedding of His blood that we have remission of sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Him. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He is the great I Am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the very first and He is the very last. Yes, He is. He is wonderful. Counselor. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And while He is the everlasting Father, He is the Prince of Peace all at the same time. Hallelujah. So that's who Jesus is. Get that settled in your soul. Let that be pure. He was righteousness in flesh. He was obedience in flesh. He was submission to God in human form. That's who Jesus is. So before He's anything... Before wisdom can ever begin to really operate like it wants to in your life, you have to embrace where wisdom comes from. And and wisdom is first. Before it can be anything else, wisdom is pure. Let him be Jesus like Jesus really is. Don't, he has to be pure. Don't dilute him with religious philosophy. Don't, Don't start stripping from his character to appease those in your circle who disagree with what the Bible says about Jesus. Let him be pure. Let him be Jesus. And if you let him be Jesus, all the power of God in heaven and in earth is given unto him. He is first pure. And then, I love that word, then. It, it, it actually didn't say he is first pure and he is also Wisdom from above is first pure and it is also peaceable. It said it is first pure, then peaceable. Not until then. has to be pure first. Once we've, once we've developed and, and maintained and embraced and confessed and acknowledged and, and been baptized into and received a pure Jesus, then peaceable. Peace, I love that word, peace, able. Able to have peace. Then you are able to have peace. One of the the biggest reasons people don't have peace is they don't know who Jesus is. One of the biggest reasons people don't have peace is they don't know what Jesus did. One of the biggest reasons people don't have peace is they don't realize that he truly is the perpetual sin offering. He truly has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, there we may be also. See, it has to be pure first, then, once it's pure, then it's peaceable. And you are able to have peace in your mind, able to have peace in your home, able to have peace in your words and in your interactions with people. And and then once it's peaceable, then it just starts snowballing, gentle. Did you ever believe you could really be gentle? Now, is that the first word people would use to describe you? Just You don't have to raise your hand. or But you just think. When, if, you, know, why, you wonder sometimes, what would people, if they were asked to describe me, what would they say? And, and I just wonder, how many of us really believe their first word would, oh, they're gentle. They're just such gentle people. And we use that word gentleman quite uh, loosely, don't we? we? We throw that around like it has no meaning at all sometimes. But, but, but what if God could put such a baptism of Holy Ghost fire in us that we would be gentle men, that we would be gentle women, that we would be gentle people, that we would, that we would deal kindly, that we would deal peaceably, that we would be careful in our treatment of others, that we would consider our brother and our sister. That we would put ourselves in their shoes for a little while and pray for them instead of criticize. But, 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 but empathize and sympathize and pray and have a burden for them and their need. And, and then let it, let it affect and influence the gentle way in which we deal with people. It comes from wisdom being pure first, then peaceable. And once you're at peace, then you're able to be gentle with people. A lot of times the reason people aren't gentle with other people is because they are not at peace in themselves. See, it's a process. Jesus is pure and he brings peace to us when we have a pure understanding of him. And then that peace causes us to be gentle with other people. Most of the the difficult, uh, uh, harsh, rude, crude, mean, arrogant, uh, people that you've dealt with—it's because they are not at peace in themselves, and so gentleness has no place in their life because gentleness only follows peaceableness, and then it is easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated, and this was one of the—this was our last lesson, and it—it it just spoke volumes to me because it—it it dealt with the fact that. That, that this wisdom actually, it creates a persona and a demeanor in you where, where you're actually, it means easily convinced or persuaded. That's what it means. Now, that doesn't mean that you're gullible. It doesn't mean that you are easily persuaded to believe falsehood. It means that when, you, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And you don't have this pride thing going on where you've got to be right. Bless God. My way or the highway. You've been proven wrong ten times from Sunday, and everybody knows it, and you know it, but, but I'm, I'm going to dig my heels in to this opinion that I've staked my whole reputation on. No, no, no. You're easy to be entreated. You're easy to talk to and deal with because you're not, you're not trying to have some kind of skin in the game. You want truth above all. You, you, you don't have to be right. You, you want Righteousness. And if that means that you humble down and say, "Wow, I'm sorry, I didn't see things correctly. I apologize, and I appreciate you helping me see that better." How many times have you said that? It's hard to say that in the heat of a of a discussion that kind of got carried away, isn't it? When you're when you're in the heat of a, of a of a good argument, for lack of a better word, and I know nobody's ever been in one of those, but it's it's an argument is a thing where two people take a different side of a of an opinion and they both start to talk about it and sometimes it escalates and 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 before long they're like throwing personal insults and they're so far removed and you're telling somebody that they remind you of and you pick the most far-fetched usually you pick a family member they don't necessarily want to be like and you say you're acting just like and you know you're gonna get them with this one so you that's what an argument is and I know you know, you didn't know that, but that's what an argument is. And, and how many in the heat of an argument have actually settled down and said, oh, my, you know, I was wrong about that. I didn't see it correctly, and I really appreciate you opening my eyes and helping me understand. Well, did you know that the wisdom that is from above can so cause gentleness to dwell in you can bring so much peace into your life can cause you to have such a pure view of people a pure view of God that 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 you actually can recognize when you are wrong and you can admit to it and it doesn't make you any less of a person and it doesn't make you look any less in the eyes of people it actually it actually causes people to have more respect for you Because now they trust you for being honest and not so bent on having to be right all the time. Because you know what I have learned about myself is I am rarely right. And what I've learned about God is that he is always right. That's why I don't want to cast judgment on people because, because I just don't trust my judgment. My opinion is so, it's so jaded so, so the moment I start prejudging somebody, I immediately have to pull back and think, wait, no, 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 no. See, see, I've got this tendency to prejudge. I've got this tendency to cast stones. And, and, and I just would rather let God give me divine wisdom in a matter. And 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 before long, I'm gentle and I'm easy to be entreated, and and we brings us to our topic tonight, and and we won't be long. I know it's always scary when the preacher gets 20 minutes into his lesson and says, "And so now we'll begin." <laughs> don't worry, we're not. It's not going to be like that. But the, but the, but we get to our main topic tonight. I wanted to bring you back up to speed on what this lesson is about, but the Bible says. That the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and it is peaceable, and it is gentle, and it is easy to be entreated. And thank God it is full of mercy. It is full of mercy and good fruits. Good fruits are very important at Tree of Life Church. That's what we are all about. And I want to say this, when we say Tree of Life Church, please understand that it's not simply a declaration of who we are, but it is, it is most notably a declaration of who we want to be. You can look around and say... Well, we've got a long way to go to be like the Lord. And you can say that of all of us. And you can say that about every one of us. And it's all true. But the fact of the matter is, is God is turning us, making us into a tree of life that is for the healing of the nations and the good fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Flows from us and drips from our branches. Hallelujah. And we want the hungry to eat of the good fruit of God. That hang from our, from our words, that hang from our deeds, that hang from our treatment of one another. Choose your words carefully. Well, I don't believe in that. I just, I, I just tell you like it is. No, you tell it like you think it is. And you've heard a lot of people in the process. Don't tell it like you think it is. Your opinions, like mine, just aren't that spectacular. Tell it like, like Jesus says that it is. You know, we 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 I, I've said it before, but you know, we get into this habit, I'll give them a piece of my mind. You know, you've done that a lot. And there's you're like running out of pieces. It's like you, you're taking a piece. And you and I've I've heard folks passing out pe- I'll give them a piece, give them a piece of my mind, I'll give them a piece of my mind, and I'm like, this is only so big a pie. I don't know how. Don't give them a piece of your mind, but give them peace of mind by letting this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself because I've, I know when I've hurt people the deepest has come from when I didn't guard my tongue. I, I, I didn't, I thought because I wasn't brandishing a I wasn't brandishing a physical weapon that I was, that I was harmless. But, but in fact, there was this unruly, the Bible calls it unruly evil. It sets on fire the course of nature. It says, it says that it is a deadly poison. The Bible says their throat is an open sepulcher. There is death in this thing called a tongue when I surrender it to the wisdom of this world and it has wounded people. Lord, baptize me with a fresh wisdom from above. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that that can give you good fruit of the Spirit and it can fill you up to overflowing with mercy. Mercy. Well, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know how they treated me. No, you're right, I don't. And, 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 I, and I can tell you that it was probably very hurtful. and you probably, you probably have a right to be angry and upset and even to lash out and react. But what happened? What, what, let me ask you, what was it about Jesus that drew you to Him? Do you remember what it was? Was it, was it the, the good music or the... Or the style of preaching or the, was it the idea of being a Christian? Was it, no, 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 no. Every one of us can stand up with the exact same story. He loved me. When I didn't love myself, he loved me. After I cursed him, he loved me. After I turned my back on Him, He loved me. After I wounded somebody else, He still loved me. When I wasn't worth loving, He loved me. It was the mercy of God that drew you to Him. It was the mercy of God that pulled you out of the darkness that you were in. It was the love of God. It was the mercy of the Lord that shone down into the dark taverns of your of your soul and when you gave up on him he wouldn't give up on you and when he could have doomed you to a devil's hell instead he stretched his arms out upon an old rugged cross that's what that's what that's what that's why you're serving the lord today Hallelujah. That's why that's why you didn't give up when you felt like giving up last week. That's why you didn't throw in the towel when you felt like quitting last month. That's why when you did quit a couple years ago and months went by and you came back to God because you remembered, hallelujah, that he's the savior of my soul. He's the lover of my soul. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah, it is the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah, I was telling somebody just the other day, I'm going to read it to you. It's one of my favorite passages in the scripture, Psalm 136. I'm going to just read to you just a few verses of it. I was preaching it, quoting it, and reading it, and while I was, I, I got into the thick of it. It's a, you'll hear as I read it. Just, just, just do it. Verse 1 of Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone who doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever to him that stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endureth forever, to him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever, the sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever, the moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever, to him that smote Egypt in their firstborn for his mercy endureth forever and brought out Israel from among them for his mercy endureth forever with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm for his mercy endureth forever. And, and, and I, I, right in the middle of preaching that, I, I got this feeling like, oh you know, I've said that a whole lot. Maybe I should stop here and remind everybody that they should not take this scripture as a license to abuse the mercy of the Lord. And so I stopped and I, I was getting ready to correct everybody and make sure they all knew. Just because he says his mercy endureth forever doesn't mean you should abuse his mercy. And the Lord stopped me. And said you were doing better when you were just reading the word. Just read it. Just declare it. Just open up your mouth and shout it. Cry loud, spare not, and let the deepest pain hear it. His mercy endureth forever. Speak it to the most grotesque of circumstances. His mercy endureth forever. Shout it till somebody who is dangling over hell can hear you. His mercy endureth forever. <laughs> Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, and, then, and then he reminded me. He reminded me of what happens when people abuse mercy. He said, you're, you're kind of like, you were kind of like Peter when Peter was told that I'll be betrayed. Jesus said, I'll be betrayed. And I'll be, I'll be rejected. And I'll be crucified. And I'll be wounded. And he, he described this, this horrific set of circumstances. And Peter stopped him and said, No! I will never allow anybody to abuse mercy like that. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. For you do not understand the things of God. Because it is only it is only when they wound me that the blood will flow. It's only when they bruise me that the blood will flow. It's only when they dig, dig, they, they thrust that spear into my side that the blood will flow. Then and only then they will look on him whom they have paid and say, truly, you know why? Because listen, Jesus was wounded and he still loved them. He was bruised and he still loved them. He was chastised, but he still loved them. That's what stopped the centurion in his tracks and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Because anybody else would have come off that cross pulled the cross up out of the ground, and beat everybody with it. But, but, but that, that truly, truly, this was the Son of God. I think back to that moment when the spear was thrust into his side, and I, it's, it's the most offensive part of the crucifixion to me because it's kind of like, really? Really? I mean, seriously? Have you not done enough? To wound this man. Have you, what, 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 what? The spikes weren't enough? The crown of thorns wasn't enough? What about, what about the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet? and What about the stripes on his back? Have you not drank enough of his blood that now you've got to thrust a spear into his side? This innocent lamb of God? Really? But, but then, that's my reaction. But then I look at the reaction of Jesus. And this was Jesus' reaction. Are you ready? Blood and water flowed. That's it. There was no rebuke. There was no wince. There was no bracing himself. There was no, there was no, no, no lecture. Nothing. He just, he just received it. And blood and water flowed. You want to know why? Because he had been thoroughly crucified. You want to know why we react to people who wound us? Because our flesh is not thoroughly crucified. When our flesh is thoroughly crucified, oh God, and the spears come, and the daggers come, and the knives come, we let the blood of Jesus flow. We let the water of the word sanctify. Hallelujah. 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 You say, what good does that do? I'll tell you what good that does. It saves people's souls. It causes everybody standing around to look upon him whom they had pierced, fall to their face, and say, Oh God, my Lord and my God, I did not believe, but now I believe. Yeah, I wonder, can God use you to demonstrate his grace so thoroughly that people will be persuaded of his glory? By the way you react to your wounds. That's what saved me was the way Jesus reacted to his wounds and his bruises. Because he suffered the death of the transgressor. Hallelujah. This wisdom is full of mercy. It doesn't just pick and choose times where it demonstrates mercy. It is full. It is overflowing with mercy, 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 mercy. Mercy rejoices against judgment. <laughs> now you gotta hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. This, this this is a thing you should give God praise for every single day. And you know what? Let me just say this too. If 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 you abuse that mercy after having received it, then you have not fully tasted of His mercy. Because if you fully taste of His mercy, you will never abuse it again. If you fully taste of His mercy, you will spend the rest of your days giving Him praise, giving Him glory, praising His name, serving Him from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Hallelujah. He is worthy. To be praised. This wisdom that is from above is full of mercy. And full of good fruits. You become full of mercy. When the mercy of the Lord saturates you. Don't begrudge somebody the opportunity to experience mercy. They might experience it through you. When they wound you and you don't retaliate? When they hurt you but you forgive them? Paul said, I die daily. He said, I crucify my flesh. Now we know what we mean when we say die daily, right? We think that means go to a prayer room and cry and crucify the flesh and tell God, all right, Lord, I'm subjecting this flesh unto you and do that, do that. But a lot of times the way the flesh actually is crucified is when somebody comes up and kills your pride. When somebody comes up and nails you to the cross that you're carrying following Jesus. See, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. We get that, right? We get the cross, we put it on our shoulders, and we start following Jesus. And I'll do it, and I'll gladly do it because I know where it ends up. I end up at the right hand of the majesty on high. Well, before you get there, somebody's going to stop you on your journey and they're going to nail you to that cross and you get to choose am i going to practice the wisdom of this earth or am i going to practice the wisdom that is from above if you practice the wisdom of this earth slap them back if you practice the wisdom of this earth go ahead and tell them what you've always been wanting to tell them since you were kids I've been holding back. And most of the time you haven't been holding back. Or you can practice the wisdom that is from above. And the wisdom that is from above is full of mercy. And full of good fruits. And the blood of Jesus flows. And the water of his word begins to flow. Oh, it's not easy. It's it's not easy. And I, I don't mean to suggest that it is. But but it is important that you be crucified with Christ. See, he was not crucified when he was wounded. He was wounded when he was wounded. He was not crucified when he was bruised. He was bruised when he was bruised. When he was chastised, he wasn't fully crucified. He was chastised. He wasn't, he wasn't crucified completely, fully, totally, Until the scripture says he gave up the ghost. And some of you are holding on to your ghosts. You're holding on to stuff that used to haunt you. Stuff that haunts your mind and haunts your spirit. and Things you needed to give up a long time ago. And you haven't given it up and so you're not fully crucified. So you still are reacting according to the wisdom of this earth when people come against you. But, but, but Jesus showed us how to respond with the wisdom that is from above, full of mercy, full of good fruits. Good fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. When the Bible talks about good fruits, it's not talking about apples, oranges, pears, pineapples, mangoes. It's talking about love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And so one of the reasons why people can't show that to other people is because they have not experienced the mercy of the Lord for themselves. And if you have not experienced the love of God, the mercy of God for yourselves, then then, then you really have no basis upon which to found your faith. This is what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He said, you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. but, But he said, but you omit the weightier matters of the law, which are judgment and mercy and faith. And we look at that sometimes and we think that he just threw three really good words in there. Like judgment, mercy, and faith. Almost like he could have interchanged them with other good words. But you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Uh, Kindness and goodness and holiness. No, no. Judgment, mercy, and faith. It's a progression. The Pharisees' modus operandi was to steal from people their judgment. I will remove from you your ability to make a judgment. Because you just listen to me and and, and don't judge anything. You just listen to me and that's that. Well when you do that Jesus said, then, then, then they think that their faith is built upon what they have done. And you've omitted mercy. See when people practice judgment, inevitably there's going to be a lapse in judgment. And when there's a lapse in judgment, that's That's when you learn mercy. That's when you learn mercy. You know why you don't hate sin? Because sin hasn't burned you. There are some people who pride themselves on how good they've been. And so they don't have any problem with the sins of pride and the sins of self-righteousness. Because they've never been burned by sin itself. And so they play with it and flirt with it. And they don't realize the deadly devil that sin is and until sin burns you and you know good and well you don't deserve this salvation and you know good and well your name doesn't deserve to be written in the lamb's book of life and you know good and well that you have transgressed the law of god and you know good and well that you are outside of the household of faith that's when he reaches out to you picks you up with his hand of mercy that's when you have faith that's when you have faith that's when you say i'll praise him all the days of my life that's when you say i'll never i'll never stop loving him i'll never stop praising him i'll never stop worshiping him and too many people far Too many people believe that they are are worthy of heaven because of what they have done or not done. And the fact of the matter is, we are worthy to go to heaven because of what Jesus has done and only because of what Jesus has done. And so the scripture says... The scripture says, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. Oh, I know you said love your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. But now I have been manifest in the flesh, and and I've loved you, and I've showed you what real love looks like, what real mercy looks like, what the grace of God looks like, and now I've given you a new commandment. Love me as I have loved you. And the reason you have trouble loving your brother is because you have not fully received the love of God in your life. So so you don't you don't know that God loves you regardless. You don't know that God loves you in spite of who you have been. You don't know that God loves you because he is God and he is good. His love for you is not based on your goodness. His love for you is based on his goodness. And because he loves you with an everlasting love. And once you get that in your soul, it's not going to make you proud and Looking down your nose at others, it's, it's going to do the opposite. It's going to make you want to love people the way you were loved. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Hallelujah. See, what happens is something dramatic happens in the life of an individual when, when they receive the love of God for themselves. Love comes into them and love flows out of them. And it's a beautiful thing. Luke chapter 7 describes this. In verse 36, one of the Pharisees desired Jesus that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And she stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. Within himself. He didn't say it out loud. See, we say a lot of stuff within ourselves. And God notices it. He spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, Would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, this guy's thinking this. He's not saying nothing. Jesus answering. Folks, I heard a great preacher, Brother George Glass Sr. preach a message one time called, Would You Want Jesus as Your Pastor? He said, Oh, I know you say, Oh, I would love for Jesus to be my pastor. But he said, Really, would you want him to answer your thoughts as though they were words? Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Oh, master, say on. You sure about that, Simon? There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Oh, hallelujah. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that to whom he forgave most. And he said, you are right, you have rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, see thou this woman? I entered into thy house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed That's why you have such little love for people, if that's you. Because you don't realize how beautiful and rich and glorious and wonderful the mercy of the Lord really is. See, see, see. People get into something called, we call it hyper grace. False grace. Paul calls it grace turned unto lasciviousness. It's a grace that becomes licentiousness, the root word being license, And they think that because the grace of God is so abundant and so wonderful that they can just have a license to do whatever they want to do. And God will forgive me. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's a false grace. It's a false doctrine. It's a heresy. It's a doctrine of devils. And, and, and people who subscribe to it fail to understand the mercy of the Lord. They fail to understand the richness of the mercy of the Lord. Because God is not showing you mercy and grace because he approves of what you've done. He's showing you mercy in spite of what you've done. And if you have been a recipient of the mercy of God to this point in your life, there should be nothing to prevent you from praising his name for the rest of your day. Hallelujah. If you understand the gravity of the fact that your sins separate you from God and God by His mercy has reached down to you and made Himself available to you, I want you to lift your hands unto the Lord right now and say, Lord, I praise you for your mercy and for your grace. I praise you for your mercy, for your mercy. For your mercy, I praise you for your mercy, Lord. Come on, love him for his mercy. Hallelujah. We love him because he first loved us. And we love each other because he first loved us. Oh, bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. We we love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want everybody who remembers when you didn't understand the mercy of God and you tumbled and stumbled into one sin after another. And those thoughts, those thoughts you remember when you used to think them. But now you are washed and now you are justified. Now you are sanctified and now you have been cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I wonder if you can stand to your feet and give God the praise that he's worthy of. Come on, give God the praise that he's worthy of. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now listen, we're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him for a little bit here. In the next couple minutes, we're going to magnify the name of the Lord and praise His holy name and worship Him in this place. But, but this isn't where I want it to stop. Sometimes, Listen to me. Sometimes we do that after the delivery of the Word of God. We praise Him. We worship. We cry a little bit. We talk in tongues a little bit. And we walk out here saying, well, that felt good. And we go back to the way we were. No, no, no. Let it get inside of you. If you really want to praise God over His mercy, show somebody mercy. If you really want to give God thanksgiving for how He brought you out, look at somebody and forgive them. Stop casting prejudgment upon them. Pray for them. Show compassion to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The scripture says, be kind one to another. He didn't say, be nice one to another. He said, be kind one to another. That word kind, we use for the word kindred. It has to do with family. And then so what he's telling you is, treat them like family. Let's make it more plain, because you may not like your family. So let me make this more plain. Treat them like it was your child who made the mistake. Treat, 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 them like it was, treat them like it was your spouse. Treat them like it was like it was your parent. Love them and show them mercy and compassion like it was your loved one. And, 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 and Paul said, we're gonna make it even more plain. He said, we then that are spiritual ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And, and if one falls, we should restore such an one. And this is how? Considering ourselves. You, you, you pray for them like you'd want somebody to pray for you. Because I'm going to tell you, stop acting like you're better than other people. And stop acting like you're holier and haughtier than everybody. You hear what I'm telling you? It's only by the grace of God that it's not you and I in that depravity. You and I would be down in that same ditch of utter despair and depravity in a heartbeat. You're not that good. I'm not that good. It is because of his loving kindness and his tender mercies that we are not consumed, that we have not stumbled head over heels into the pit of utter and total despair. I saw a guy not long ago. He looked scary. He did, he looked scary. He had been through a lot, I could tell. I just saw kind of from the waist up where I was. and just made, I just made a mental note. And I thought, wow, he looks frightening. He had the marks of sin all over his body. And I, uh, I had to catch myself. And the Holy Ghost immediately spoke into my spirit and said, You don't know the pain that man's been through. And I immediately began to pray for him. And Lord, touch this man. As I came into a position where I could see him more visibly, I I saw he he was without a leg. I don't know the story. I don't know the background. I just know he has gone through a pain I have never been through. In, that, in whatever caused that one incident, he has been through some kind of a pain I have never known. Don't cast your stones. Let him that hath no sin cast the first stone. And, and, and that's only Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can cast a stone under those qualifications. And guess what? Jesus doesn't cast stones. He rolls stones away. And says, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, hallelujah. You know what I want to do with this word, Brother Lamar? I just want to go forgive somebody. Hallelujah. You know what I want to do with this word? Somebody hear what I'm telling you. You know what I want to do with this word? I just want to go have compassion on somebody. I just want to go feed somebody who doesn't have something to eat. I I just want to love somebody who doesn't feel loved. I want to show mercy to somebody who may have hurt me we lift up our hands unto the Lord in this house and say, Oh, God, God, let your mercy flow like a river through me. Don't let it bottle up inside of me, but let it flow like a river through me to somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. I want somebody to be baptized afresh with gentleness, to be baptized afresh, (laughs) hallelujah, with the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I'm opening these altars right now. If you want to come into the front of this house, the wisdom from above will settle on you and get on your family. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. God bless you. Come on, that's it. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you just want to say, God, I'm just grateful today. I'm just grateful because of your kindness. I'm just grateful because of your mercy. Glory to the name of our God the savior of our soul hallelujah 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 how hall. you how you love me oh